Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. We really thought we were going to lose my mom Friday night. She was in really serious condition. And many of you know all the stuff that come here to our church, all the stuff she's been through. Uh, over the years and even the last couple years since she fell in brain surgery and heart surgery and in and out of the hospital and so she's back in the hospital this last week and uh, just a trying time and um, had kidney stones and on top of that then she got an infection in her blood and and uh, it didn't seem that serious and all of a sudden Friday we we found out that she was losing blood at an unbelievable pace and it's very seriously moved her into ICU. They could not figure out where the blood was coming from and got so bad that Friday afternoon they took her into the, uh, in that ICU and, and said, we've got to do something right now. And she was losing so much blood that she ended up losing seven liters of blood. If anybody doesn't know how much blood that is, an average person has five to six liters of blood in their body. So she lost more than what was in her body. And uh, I was, I was, you know, all those years in Costa Rica, I learned what liters mean. We don't even really in America know what liters is. 3.75 liters is a gallon. And so she lost almost two gallons. If you could picture two five-gallon of milk, she lost almost two gallons of of blood. And uh, the doctors were telling my dad that, uh, you you know, the DNR stuff and, you you know, do you have a plan? Do you have a testament? And all that. I mean, it got serious fast. And um, God did an absolute miracle. And while, while he, amen, while she was in there, God, the doctor began to work. It was so serious that she was so fragile that they didn't even get her to a room. They came into the ICU and did this procedure there. Went down her throat and found that she had an, a, a, a artery, large artery going to her esophagus, severed. And the blood was just shooting out into her body. And the miracle is that the nurse, how many know those nurses see lots of patients? The nurse told my sister that in all of her years of nursing, she's never seen with major gunshot wounds, all kinds of accidents, she's never seen somebody lose that much blood. They were literally put a, put a uh, uh, I said the word in the first service, they uh, a, um, somebody help me pick line thank you they put a pick line to her neck to go straight into her artery and they were literally trying to just shove blood in as fast as they could to keep her alive she came through the procedure they god sent a miracle doctor who found the aortic sever and clamped it and glued it and fixed it and the and the and the bleeding stopped and yesterday morning she was as good as i've seen her in a long long time she was alert she was awake and she said it's good to be alive Amen. And so it was truly a miracle. It was truly a miracle. Uh, and, and I thank God for it. And it was such a great lead in to today. I had already planned on preaching on the blood of Jesus Christ. If you're taking notes, I want to talk about the precious blood of Jesus. And I, I, I talked to my mom. And I, again, I was already planning on, on preaching on this. And I said, Mom, and, and you know, we have a really good relationship. I said, thank you for the illustration that I can use on Sunday for my message. And she just laughed. And I thought about this, and listen to this, what, what happened. To take, to pay attention to this. As she's losing blood, seven liters, and she loses all that blood, she had been told just a few days before, or even hours before, that she had a bad, very dangerous infection in her blood. 
And so because of that thing happening that almost killed her, that blood was being lost out of her body and being replaced with transfusion blood. As she's losing that blood, all her infected blood is going out of her body, and she's refilled with five or six liters of brand new blood. Does that sound like anything familiar to you in this place? That's exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. He shed his blood so that we could get a blood transfusion. And when he shed that blood, his blood, his perfect blood came into our lives and gave us salvation. Amen? And so I want you to know today that God is a miracle God, and there's just something about the blood of Jesus. If you're in a church or go to a church or have been to a church that doesn't talk about the blood of Jesus, run from that church. Because the blood of Jesus is everything. Amen? The blood of Jesus is everything. Now I want you to realize, as we talk about the blood and this miracle, that it sounds weird sometimes. I know that when we talk about blood, it sounds messy and it sounds gross. Here's why blood is so important, besides the obvious fact that we have to have it to live. And it goes through our entire bodies, and I could go into all kinds of amazing things about blood. I've done that in the past. But I want you to look at Leviticus chapter 17, and I want you to realize why blood has to be shed, why blood is important, why uh, this is in the Bible and some of you are, have never heard a message like this before. It's going to teach you a lot. It's going to make a lot of sense. If you hear us sing a song about the blood, if, you, if you've heard us talk about the blood of Jesus, you might not know why. We've got a lot of new believers in our church. We, we, we're always seeing people getting saved. And so this is going to be a really informative message for you. And you have to understand that this is the key to our salvation. The absolute key to our salvation. Leviticus 17 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Okay? God made us that way. We cannot live. There's a lot of things we can live without, but we cannot live without blood. You, there's a lot of things that they can try to replicate, but they can't replicate blood. Blood is blood. Amen? And it comes from God, and it is life. He says in his word. How many know that God's word is life? He says, for the life of our flesh, what makes us live is blood. And he says, I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. So the blood atones or takes the place of us, replaces us, and stands in for us and cleanses us and makes atonement for our souls. And it says, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So he says it twice. It is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. If you believe in salvation, you believe in going to heaven, it is the blood of Jesus that gets us there. There's nothing else. If Jesus went to that cross and just died on the cross and there was nothing about his blood, his death is not the purpose that we need without the blood. Okay? And then it says in the next verse over, sorry, in the New Testament, I apologize, confirming this verse in Hebrews 9, verse 22, it says this, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood. And without, watch this, this is key, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. In other words, if there's no shed blood, there's no forgiveness. If there's no forgiveness, there's no salvation. How many are with me? So, so it's important to understand that all throughout the Bible, over almost 500 times, blood is mentioned. And it's Genesis to Revelation. I'm starting in the beginning of the book. I'm gonna, my last verse is going to be in Revelation. The blood of Jesus is everything. 
It's key. And the reason that blood had to be shed is when Adam and Eve messed up and sinned, the Bible says that all of a sudden they realized they were naked. And so they covered themselves up with figs, fig trees and leaves, and, and, and they realized that they were ashamed because the sin nature came in when they disobeyed God. And the first shedding of blood in the Bible is when God shed the blood of an animal and took the coat of the animal and put it on Adam and Eve. And that blood shed was the first example of why blood has to be shed to cover us. It's so important. Every day of my life, I plead the blood of Jesus over my kids, over you, over myself. The covering of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers, the Bible says, a multitude of sins. It is what God sees when he looks at us. Do you realize that without the blood of Jesus, God sees our errors? Without the blood of Jesus, God sees our mistakes. He sees our sin. He sees us for who we really are. But because of the blood of Jesus, he sees white. He sees, he sees forgiveness. He sees us in a state of, of unity, in a state of, chi- of, of being sons and daughters to him because of the blood. So blood is everything. You've got to understand this. And so all the way through the Old Testament, they began to have to shed the blood of animals for the forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus came on the scene. And the reason that the thing that really killed Jesus was really him him bleeding. He was losing blood like my mom was, but nobody was putting blood back into him. It started when they began to beat him on the way to be, to be questioned. And then when they took him and flogged him, and t- he took all those stripes on his back, he's bleeding. Then they put the crown of thorns on his head, he's bleeding. This is all before he ever gets nailed to the cross in his hands and his feet. He's bleeding profusely. And at some point he gets to that place well, that's scientific uh, that my mom was at yesterday, which is the hypovolemic state of shock. Where you've lost so much blood that you go into shock. Your body begins to shut down. There was a transfusion for my mother. God did a miracle in my mom. He, he brought her back from the other side. But nobody was doing that to Jesus. Because Jesus did not get on that cross to get a blood transfusion. He got on that cross to give a blood transfusion to you and I. So that our sin nature could be forgiven through the precious shed blood of Jesus. Is anybody in here thankful for the blood? If you're not thankful for the blood, you will be, I hope, by the time this message is over. Because that is my intent. We're going to take communion today, and we're going to thank the Lord for His blood. And this is a perfect example and understanding of what the blood means. So this is summed up again in that Hebrews where it says about forgiveness. But here's the thing. Sometimes we don't realize, why do I need forgiveness? Because we're separated. Sin separates us from God. Sin takes us to a place where he cannot listen. He cannot look on us in our sin. God is holy. God is perfect. God is righteous. And he cannot look on us in sin. And so that shed blood allows God to be able to see us through the blood of Jesus Christ. But that sin, that separation happened obviously because of the bloodline that was in us. When Adam and Eve sinned, that bloodline is in us today. It's, it's, it's every, every person that's born, the Bible says we're born into sin. We're born with a sin nature. We're all literally born with a death sentence. Every person, every, as I'm in that hospital with my mom and people are, are dying, there are babies being born in that same hospital. 
In that same hospital where people are dying, babies, people are going into eternity, babies are coming into the world all the time in the same hospital. And the, the, the cycle of life is happening. And every baby that's born is born into sin. A sin nature. And look, look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. This is the state. We must understand where we were before we met Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you need to meet Jesus. You're going to have an opportunity in a moment to accept Christ, to believe in His blood, to let His blood cleanse you like it's cleansed us. But here's where we were. This is why we need the shedding of blood. But now, this is why we say, but God. But now, in Christ Jesus, who once, watch this, you who once were far off. How many, how many know we need to realize how far away we were from God? We need to be reminded how lost we were. Some of you in here have been saved a long time. Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget what God saved you from. Don't forget how lost you were. Don't forget how lost all of us are without Jesus because we cannot appreciate His blood if we don't realize how lost we were. It says we were all far off, but now we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Amen? So we see in this verse that we were far because of us, but because of Christ, we've been brought near. The blood of Jesus is precious. Precious. The blood of Jesus is costly. The blood of Jesus is priceless. You know why I say that? Because it's something we could never buy. We could never have enough money to buy how precious and costly that blood is that, co that cost Jesus his life. And he came down to shed that blood so that we could receive that forgiveness. But it comes from faith. It comes from us truly believing, amen, in what Jesus did on that cross. How many in this place believe that Jesus truly shed his blood on that cross for you? I believe. And I know this morning that that's why I'm saved, and that's why I am healed, and that's why I can have hope and peace. But listen, that blood that's costly cost our Savior, our Savior, agony and pain and suffering. Suffering and pain that we can't even understand. But how many know sometimes we need to have a new revelation of that cross? We need to have a new revelation of what Jesus did on that cross for us. We need to have a fresh remembrance of what he did. Because here's why. Pay attention to me. Here's the problem. It says it all through Peter. It says it through Hebrews. When we forget what Jesus did on that cross, the Bible says we can trample on his blood. Listen to me. How many know that's disrespectful? We can get to a place where we get comfortable in our walks. And when we do habitual sin, when we sin knowing it's wrong, when we continue to sin in something we know is wrong, the Bible said that's like trampling on his precious blood. And so sometimes we need to come back. Often we need to come back to the altar and we need to remember how costly it was to Jesus. And it will make us think next time we're going to sin, this cost Jesus his life. I don't want to do a sin. I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to fall into this temptation. I don't want to do this thing my body wants to do or my mind wants to do because this is going to trample on the precious blood of my Savior. But how many know we need to remember how precious His blood is? We need to have a reminder. Sometimes we need to go back and watch the Passion of the Christ again. 
I, I, I personally will never and can never watch that movie again, the whole thing. I can't. I can't do it. Some people can see blood. I'm not good at seeing blood. I'm glad I wasn't in that room. That's, thank God for the people that God gave a gift to see blood. Amen. Amen. Imagine if everybody was like me. Nobody would go in and take care of my mom. Like, no, I can't do that. That's too much blood. Amen. But we need to have a, a reminder sometimes of what that costs Jesus and what it means to us. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. The agony, the pain, the suffering, so that we could have forgiveness. We need to remember, it says, that the, this is the New Living Translation, that the Heavenly Father, to whom you pray, has no favorites. Is anybody glad for that? Is anybody glad that God doesn't pay favorites? He doesn't love anybody in here more than he loves anybody else. It's hard for us to understand as human beings because all of us who are kids think we're mom and dad's favorite. Right? Am I the only one who knows that you're the favorite? My sister and I go back all the time. And parents most of the time will tell you what you want to hear when you're with them, right? And then when somebody, the other kid's around, you're my favorite, you know? But how many know God doesn't play favorites? He loves us all the same. It's hard for us to even understand that, that he could love someone not lovable that we think is not lovable like he loves us. But maybe we need to be reminded how unlovable we are. Maybe. That went over. Maybe you'll get that tomorrow. And remember that the Father has no favors, but watch this. He will judge or reward according to what you do. You know when we do the salvation prayer, you hear me say, are you going to stand before God as a judge or are you going to stand before God as a Savior? That's what I'm quoting. How many want to stand before Jesus as a, as a rewarder and not a judge? And those that you are not raising your hands, I, I feel bad for you. Amen. Let me give you another chance. I knew you were still deep in thought. How many would like to stand before Jesus as the rewarder and not the judge? Amen. That's what I, I want to I stand before him as the one who says, enter in, good and faithful servant. Amen. That's the words I want to hear. But he says he will judge. And that right there, church, should cause us to be sober. To think that I'm going to stand before a holy God. I need to be sober in my mind and understand how serious this is. It's, the, it's serious business. Does anybody believe that the gospel is serious business? We love to laugh. We love to have fun. We love to enjoy. But church, we got to stop and realize how serious this blood issue is. Amen? And we have the antidote. We have the answer this morning. And watch what he says. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time. Now leave this up for a second. As temporary residents. Does anybody in here realize that this is not our home? That's the problem too many times. We love this world too much. We're in love with this. We, we've, caught, we've, caught, we've, we've made a foundation here, and, and we're singing this song, I shall, I, shall, I shall not be moved in the wrong direction. We, we need to be ready to go. That's why I could have peace Friday night, because I don't worry about my mom where she's going. She loves the Lord. If it was her time to go, I had peace. If it was God to heal her, I had peace. Because this is not it. Is anybody thankful that this isn't it? 
Too many people are so in love with this world that they don't understand that we're temporary residents here. This is not our home. We're passing through. we got to get to the place where we understand. I, I want to be with Jesus. If my mom would have passed into eternity Friday night, I would have been jealous of her. I'm not just saying that because it sounds good. I'm being honest. I would have been jealous. And she would have been where I want to be. She would have gone to that place where we want to be. If you really love the Lord, you want to be with him. Paul said, I got this battle between my flesh and my spirit. My flesh wants to be here, but my spirit wants to be gone. There's this battle. But we have to have this revelation that this is not it. This is temporary. I went and prayed for someone, uh, someone that was a, uh, uh, someone's, I got a lot to explain. I didn't know her. I went to pray for someone in hospice who was somebody who worked for somebody's grandma. And I didn't know her. It's one of the hardest things to do as a pastor. Do a funeral for someone you don't know. Pray for someone you don't know, especially when they're dying. It's hard. But I went to Corinth Rehab, and I'm very familiar with that place. Because my mom has been a temporary resident there. She stayed there quite a bit. My grandma passed away there. So it was a place of familiarity. And I told this woman that I've been here a lot, and I'm here to comfort you. I'm here to pray for your grandma. But I told her, the woman, who's the granddaughter, I said, when, when she passes into eternity, she's a believer. She loves Jesus. When she passes into eternity, she's just going to take this tent off. That's all we're going to do is shed this. But some of us in here this morning maybe haven't had that revelation yet. You still love this world too much. You're not ready to go. You want to go to heaven, but no one wants to die to get there. Amen? But this, that's really all that happens is we just shed this tent. He's wanting us to understand that there's something better for us ahead. But the reason we can have hope this morning is because of that blood. Now watch what it goes on to say here in this next verse. For you know that God has paid a ransom to save you. How many know a ransom means someone stole you? And now they're holding you against your will for money from the proper owners. Satan has been holding us by, for ransom. Satan has stolen us from God. Until we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ... We are lost and we are, we are held hostage by our sin nature. And Jesus comes in and he says, God says, I'm going to pay for your ransom with the blood of my son. That's the gospel. And he says, and I'm going to save you, this is what we need to understand, from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. This is why we love this world too much sometimes. We don't realize how empty this life is. Has anybody realized that no matter how much money you make or how many things you have, there's still a void in your life that only Jesus Christ can fill? Until you put Jesus in that void, you're not going to be happy. But once you find the, the fulfillment of Jesus and you understand the blood of Jesus and the salvation in Jesus, then all the other things don't matter. Amen. And watch this. And it says, it was not paid... With mere gold or silver. You know what that tells me? It's okay if you have a gold necklace on. It's okay if you have a gold ring. It's okay if you have a gold watch. If you like gold, that's great. But God just wants to let you know that that thing you think is so valuable paves the streets in heaven. It's the street. 
like, oh, gold up here. He's like, that's asphalt for me. That's where you're going to walk. Are you with me? He says, not mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ. Say that with me. The precious blood of Christ. The sinless, spotless Lamb of God. John is coming before Jesus and he's preaching and he's preparing the way. And he says, one is coming. He said, the Lamb is coming who's going to shed his blood and save the sins of the world. How many are thankful that the Lamb came? How many are thankful that the Lamb went to the slaughter? That Jesus went to the cross? Amen? And paid that price. The agony, church. You know, when he was on that cross, I began to think about this yesterday. Not only did he go to the cross, as he's losing all that blood and he's in a hypovolemic shock state and he's, he's in t- pain we can't even fathom, besides all of that going on, he is also bearing the sins of you and I, which we can't even put into words. I'm not even going to try to explain that. It's impossible. The guilt, the shame of your sins alone and my sins alone. Multiply that by the entire human race. All that is on him. And, and I want you to do this with him. I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to lift your chest up and take a deep breath and let it, just feel that. Sometimes, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you have asthma or you have, take that deep breath. You know, every time we take that breath, we take for granted that we just took that breath. While Jesus is on the cross, one of the things that was so cruel about crucifixion is that the way they had their arms and the way they were on that cross, it was very difficult for them to breathe. So besides the fact that they're in shock and they're losing blood, they have to, they have to push themselves up in pain to get their chest up enough. When I told you to do that, you had to lift up your chest. With the arms being out, I'm not going to ask you to do that because you'd hit someone next to you. But with your arms being out, it's even more difficult to, to breathe. But guess what? Not only did Jesus do that, he talked. He said some very important words. How many know when you're trying to catch that breath, it's hard to talk? It's hard to say words at the same time. But Jesus not only shed his blood, he's speaking on that cross. And he looks out and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And he did that while he was in a hypovolemic shock state, bleeding to death and not being able to breathe. He spoke those words. I'm very thankful for that. And then he said those famous words at the end, which gives us our salvation. He said, it is finished. Is anybody in here thankful for those three words? It is finished. Amen? If he doesn't say, see, a lot of people think that they killed Jesus. Jesus laid his life down. And when they went to stick that spear in him and blood and water flowed, he was already dead. Because they didn't kill him, he gave his life. He said, it's finished, and he gave up his spirit, and he said, Father, I commit my spirit to you. And he's saying all this while he's thinking about us. While he's thinking about us, who put him there? The precious blood of Jesus Christ. Watch this. The blood of Jesus ransoms us. The blood of Jesus redeems us. The blood of Jesus reconciles us. 
Not only does it ransom us and redeem us, it reconciles us. It puts us back in a position as if we never did anything wrong. How many know that's hard to grasp? He doesn't just let us back in. He says, I want you to come in as if you've never done anything wrong. You know, as human beings, if any of us, just, just think about this, if any of us saved somebody else's life, how many know we would hold that over them forever? Not in a bad way, but we would remind them every once in a while. If they started to get a little attitude, hey, remember when I saved your life? Remember that? Remember when you were supposed to be dead? And I say, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus just brings us in as if we never did anything. Because not only did he save our lives, we put him there. Our sin put him on that cross. Now, watch this. This is going to be the last verse I read. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 to 20. He has delivered us. If anybody needs deliverance in here, he has delivered us. His, 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 his blood does not just give us forgiveness, it gives us deliverance. Deliverance from the power of darkness. If you're in this place this morning and you're afraid of the devil, stop being afraid of the devil. Start putting your faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. That the Bible says disarmed every principality and power of darkness. If you have fear of death, if you have fear of things, if there are things that overtake you, you need to have a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. And you need to rise up in your spirit. And the next time that devil comes and lies to you, you need to look him in his face and say, Devil, I command you to get out of my face in the name of Jesus Christ. By the blood of Jesus, I am delivered, I am free, and you must flee in seven directions. You're not welcome here. Jesus defeated you. Tell that devil to get out of your life. Stop hanging out with him. Stop, stop drinking coffee with him. Tell him to get out. Because he's given us power over darkness. And has brought us into the kingdom of the son of, the son of his love. In whom we have redemption through what? His blood. The forgiveness of sins. And he is the image, the Bible says, of the invisible God. What does Jesus look like? He looks like us. We look like him. He was human. Some people get caught up in what he looked like and all those different things. He's the invisible image of God. The firstborn over all creation. Now watch this. For him, by him, all things were created. That are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. That means there's no power or sickness or disease or, or darkness that can overpower Jesus. He's greater. He's greater. And it says, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Can somebody get a better understanding of who you're worshiping not worshiping a man you're worshiping what the bible says is the creator of all things he's the head of the body the church who is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead now i just want you to realize why i love jesus so much because he's the one who's been to the other side he's been to the other side of the tomb there's a bunch of people who over the years, thousands of years, have claimed to be gods, but none of them have ever come back from the other side. Jesus said, I'm coming back, and he came back. Hello. 
You know, talk to Jesus. Did you hear the Jesus I'm talking about? He, the whole time he walked the earth, he told his disciples, I'm going to die. They're going to kill me. I'm going to go to the cross. I'm going to go to the grave, but I'm not going to stay in the grave. I'm going to come out of the grave. And he did everything he said he was going to do. He came out of that grave and appeared to over 500 people. And I'll just give you a little free Easter thing. He even folded up the napkin garment of his head and put it by his head, which is a Jewish custom, meaning I'll be back. That's the Jesus we serve. The king, the master, the Lord of everything. He's the firstborn from the dead. Why do I put my faith in him? Because he's already been over there. It's not a dead God. It's a God who's alive. Who said, I, I, I am he who is and was and is to come. I'm the alpha and the omega. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I'm the firstborn of the dead. I went for you. I, don't, I didn't just die for you. I resurrected for you. Amen. And that in all things we may have preeminence. Now watch this. For it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. Man, I got some mess in my life. God will reconcile your problems. Whether things on earth or in heaven. How? Having made peace through the blood of his cross. The blood of his cross. That's why we talk about the blood. That's why we sing about the blood. That's why we preach about the blood. Don't ever stop talking about the blood. If someone starts telling you about a gospel that doesn't involve the blood, run. Run. The gospel has to involve the blood. The blood is everything. The blood is life. The blood is everything. Amen? Last verse as the musicians begin to come. Revelations 1.5. I told you I was going to end up in Revelation. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, there it is again, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, watch this, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. When Jesus was born of a virgin, stay over here. When Jesus was born of a virgin, that's why he was born of a virgin. My mom had that infected blood. That blood had to get washed out of her system. New blood went in. We needed that sin washed out of us, but we couldn't get it out. It's in our lives. It's in us. We're born in sin. So if Jesus would have been conceived by man, then the blood of man would have been in Jesus. That's why he was born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit. So Eve never knew a man. Eve never had, uh, until after, Eve, Eve didn't have that, that's, that uh, t time together with her husband, which would have been blood. I'm not trying to be gross, but everybody knows what I'm talking about. And that brings in, this, that brings in the sin nature. But because she was born of a virgin, because he was born without sin, then he has no blood, sin in his blood. So when he shed that blood on the cross, church, it was perfect. It was clean, and it was pure, and it was holy, and it was righteous. And no one's ever done it in the history of the world except Jesus. He's the firstborn of the dead. He's the one who washes us from our sins 
in his own blood. The precious blood of Jesus, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, forgives us, frees us, justifies us, and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. All across this place, his heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Do you know him? Have you accepted his blood? We need a blood transfusion. We need to accept it. We need to allow his shed blood to cleanse ours and make us free. Make us new. Father, all across this place, Holy Spirit, I have presented your gospel. I have presented your blood. And now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to make sure every person in this place puts their faith in what you did on the cross so that they can stand before you someday as a rewarder and not as a judge. It doesn't matter how bad your sin is, Jesus died for it. It doesn't matter how good you think you are, Jesus died for you. It doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made, Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you more than you'll ever understand. And today his arms are open and he's calling, he's knocking on the door of your heart, Revelation says, and he's asking to come in. What will you do? How many all across this place would say, Pastor, today I need to say the prayer of salvation. I have heard a message that explains what the blood of Jesus did for me, and today I want to be saved. Just put your hand up and put it right back down. All across this place, that's me. I've never said that prayer. I've never been born again. Born of water the first time, born of the Spirit the second. Spiritually born again. I've never done that. Here I am. Just put, put it up and put it back down. Those that are watching online, we're going to pray for you in a moment. Maybe you're here. And today, listen closely, you're, you're running. You're not taking serious the blood of Jesus anymore. You're, you're doing things that are not pleasing to God. You're doing things that tramples on his blood. And you need to get right. You need to make some decisions. You need to come back to your first love. And you need to reconcile again to Jesus. How many would just say, Pastor, pray for me? That's me. Just put your hand up and put it back down all across this place. God sees your hearts. God sees your hands. See, when we think about the blood, stay with me, when we think about the blood and we remember the blood, we think twice before we fall into that temptation because I don't want to trample the blood of my Savior. I don't want to disrespect what Jesus did for me on the cross. I want to honor and revere what he did. And I want to show him with my life that I'm thankful for what he did on that cross for me. So we can make that decision today. And we can honor him and we can say, God, thank you for your precious blood. Your precious blood. Your priceless blood. Your costly blood. That you shed and gave in agony for my eternity. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I want to ask us all to stand this morning, staying in the spirit of reverence. I can sense His Holy Spirit here. It's loving, it's powerful, it's wonderful. But He wants us to take Him serious. He wants us to be thankful. 
He wants us to understand the severity of what our sin looked like before we came to the cross. And he took that shed, that shed blood and covered us, covered all of our sins. The Bible says the blood covers a multitude of sins. Before we move into communion this morning, I want to say a prayer with everyone here and those that are watching online. You may be listening on the podcast. You may be listening to this six months later. You may be listening to this tomorrow. You may be watching this and you've never even been on our channel before. You, you stumbled on this by the what you think is an accident, but you're listening right now and God is speaking to you. And the Holy Spirit is quickening your heart and today you realize I am a sinner and I need a Savior. Forgive me, Lord. If everyone here today would say this with me, for those that are watching online, if you need to reconcile here in this place today, whether your hand went up or not, would you say this with me, Lord Jesus, I come with a humble heart and I thank you for your grace. I recognize this morning I'm a sinner and I'm lost without you. I need a Savior. Jesus, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you died on the cross a perfect death. You shed your precious blood and died for my sins and then you rose from the dead and I believe that this morning and I accept that this morning and I want to be reconciled and ransomed and delivered in Jesus name please write my name in the Lamb's book of life Amen staying in this spirit of reverence we're going to sing a song Hi this is Blake Andrews lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton Texas this is our podcast and we're so glad that you came to check it out today I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God.